The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Yoma has been dedicated in memory of Mazal Bat Esther Baghdadi and Yosef Ben Mazal Baghdadi by their family. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Began Eden. Amen. Daf Yudchet. Today's Daf has been dedicated by Mr. Israel Sassen in honor of his wedding that will be tonight Hashem, on our way to his wedding in uh, Florida uh, to his wife to be uh, Jesse Ashkenazi Hashem, they should have the zikhut to build a bayit neiman Israel. he should have uh, many children banim ubanot he should uh, see much nachat from them Hashem, and uh, he should have all the blessings of the Torah like it says v'yitem nechah Elohim mita Today's daf is being studied Today's daf is being studied We begin today's daf on the top line Just to review what we are involved in, where well, we started on the last Amud Yudzayin, Amud Bet. We brought a Braita. And the Braita told us that the Kohen Gadol has rights to take from any Korban that he wants. For example, if there's a Korban Olah, he could say, I want to take from the... Actually, if there's a Korban Asham, he could say, I want to eat from the Asham. If there's a Korban Hatat, he could say, I want to eat from the Hatat. Even though there's Kohanim that are working in the Beit HaMikdash already, in the Mishmarot, he has rights of first option to eat from the Korbanot. Then the Gemara brought a case of the Lechem on Shavuot, where there's two loaves of bread, where we learned that even Tanakama, even the rabbis will hold, that he can take one loaf for himself. However, when it came to Lechem Panim, the showbread, there the rabbis said that the Kohen Gadol can only take either four or five loaves, depending on the situation, which the Gemara is going to analyze today, why he can take four or five loaves. The B held that he can always take five loaves. Now, let's just review why he could take five loaves according to the B. Because the Pasuk says, um, that the Lechem Panim is split between Aaron and his sons. Aaron gets half, and his sons get half. Now, there's 12 showbreads. So why would it be only, say, five? So the Gemara is going to tell us that the Kohanim really only split ten of them. The Gemara will tell us what they did with the other two. So since they only split ten of them, so half goes to Aaron and half goes to Banab. The rabbis hold that you don't give the Kohen Gadol half of the Lechem Panim, you have to give him less than half. So therefore, if let's say the Lechem Panim is ten, so instead of giving him five, you give him four. We'll see why in one case you give him five according to Hakamim, which we'll see today's, in today's Gemara. Oh, so if the rabbis hold that the Kohen Gadol doesn't get Half, he gets less than half. So why buy the two breads of Shavuot? Do you give him one? Right, you give him exactly half. So the Gemara says, because it wouldn't be derich eretz to break one of the loaves into a piece and give him a broken loaf. 
Because there you have no choice. So therefore again, Rabbanan old, when it comes to the Shtayal Lechem by Shavuot, you give him one of the two loaves. Because not dedicated to break a loaf. When it comes to the Lechem Apanim, you give me the four or five. According to the B, the B says you always give him five, which is half of the Shi'ur of Lechem Apanim, Aharon, Ubanav. Now it should be pointed out, the Tosfot Rosh over here asks a question, that when it comes to Lechem Apanim, we said that the Kohen takes half. However, when it came to the um, other korbanot, for example, the Kohen could say, Hatad ze ani notel. Asham zu ani notel. It's mashma, he can take as much as he wants. Why when it comes to lechem apanim, the maximum we let him take is half. But when it comes to the other korbanot, it's mashma, he can take all the uh, eatings for himself. That's the Tosfot Arosh's question. Tosfot Arosh answers that there's a difference between a korban yaqir and a korban sibur. Which is a korban sibur, it wouldn't be proper for the Kohen to take more than half. However, a korban asham or a korban khatat, which is a korban yahid, so in that case, the Gemara says he can even take as much as he wants, even if he wants to take the entire uh, korban. So now comes the Gemara and says, Umay arba o hamish, which means, what does it mean when the rabbi said? That they either split four or five loaves of the lechem apanim. The Kohen Gadol that is. What does it mean four or five? So the Gemara says, "Le'rabanan de'amre." According to the rabbis in Masechet Sukkah, we're now going to learn a very important machloket in Masechet Sukkah between the rabbis and Rabbi Yehuda. Based on that machlok in the Masechet Sukkah between the rabbis and the Biyuda, that's where the Banan got their opinion either four or five. But what is the machlok in Sukkah? The Rabbanan da Amri nichnas notel shesh, ve notel shesh. How do they divvy up the lechem apanim? The mishmar that's entering to serve, the new mishmar that enters on Shabbat to serve for the coming week, they get six loaves. And the mishmar that's yotze. That's the mishwad that served the previous week. They also get six loaves. Uschar hagafat delatot lo shakil. And the sakhar, the payment for closing the doors, they do not get. Meaning the mishmad hayotze. They leave. When they leave, the Mishmar Nikhnaz has to close the gates of the Beit HaMikdash. Because now they entered, and once the Mishmar Ayyotzeh leaves, so they have to close the gates. So Rabbanan say, you don't give the Mishmar Nikhnaz an extra two loaves. Why would I think to give them extra two loaves? To compensate them for the work that they have to do now in closing the gates. So therefore I said, there's no such thing as compensation for the closing of the gates. The Mishmar Ayyotzeh gets six the Mishmar al-Nikhnas gets six. And really, technically, since the Kwanim eat, bottom line, 12 loaves, really, we should have uh, split it, that the Kohen Gadol should only be able to eat six. However, Batsir Hada Mipalga, take one away from the half, Hamesh Shakil. So he gets five, because again, the rabbis hold that you don't give half. Because it would not be, the Mephashim explained, because it would not be... Derech uh, Eretz for the Kohen Gadol to take the same amount as all the, the other Kohanim. So therefore you give the Kohen Gadol less than half. So first of all we have to establish what is half. So according to the Rabbanan, half is what? Six. 
because the Kohen, the Mishmara Yotze gets six, and the Mishmara Nichnas gets six. Half of twelve is six, minus one, so you go less than the half, so that's the opinion of five. The Rabbi but according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar, Nichnas Notel Sheva. The the Mishmara and Nichnas, they get seven. Why do they get seven? Shtayim Bishar Agafat Telatot. Which means they get an extra two for the service that they're going to do in closing the gates. The Yotse Notel Hamesh. And the Yotse is really Notel Hamesh. So technically, what the Kohanim are eating, Mitzad Kehuna, Mitzad their Kehuna status is five and five. The other two are not considered they're eating from the Kehuna. That's considered a payment for the fact that they're closing the doors. So when it comes to splitting up the lechem apanim, you only split up the lechem that's eaten from the status of kohanim, not from the status of payment for other services. So therefore, how much uh, breads do you have over that are being split up amongst the kohanim? Ten. Me'esir ba'em miflag. So you'd have to split it from ten. Batsir hada mipalga. So take one away from the half, the shakil arba, and you'll end up with four. So what the rabbi said, four or five, they were saying, whichever opinion you need to go like in the second sukkah, we're not getting involved in that mahlokit. Whichever opinion you want to go like, you want to go like shitat uh, rabbanan, or you want to go like shitat rabiuda, morki de'itle, morki de'itle. We're just saying sometimes it'll be five, and sometimes it'll be four. What is that talui on? It depends on what shita you're going to take over there in Masechet Sukkah. Let's read, let's read the Rashi. The Rabbanan, top line in Rashi. The Rabbanan, the paligi aled rabiuda, the perke halil. That's in Masechet Sukkah. The Amri, and they said, Mishmara Yotze Notel Shesh, Umishmara Neknas Notel Shesh, Halot, Veskar Gafat Delatot, Loshakil Mishmara Neknas. The Mishmara Neknas does not get any extra payment for closing the doors. Nimsiu Kulan Baot, all the Mishmarot come, Bemahloket, in splitting it, Vikuen Gadol Holek, Im Shetem, Umishnem Asal Baim Flag. And they're supposed to split from 12. Umer says shalem eno notel. But he doesn't get a full half according to the rabbis. Batsar hadam epalga. Minus one from the half. Hamesh shakil. He gets five. Rabbi Yehuda davar neknas to tashtayim. Belo mechalkot b'schar. Shum magif lemotzei shabbat. Daltot azara vechel vechal. Velashkot shepatru shachrit mishmar shiyatzalo. Which means they have a big job, this Mishmar HaNikhnas. They have to close all the gates on Moshe Shabbat of all the gates that were opened up by the Mishmar HaYotzeh. So the Bihuda holds that you give them two. So technically you're only splitting up ten. Me'esir ba'im miflag. Shenashtayim ba'ot b'machloket. Which means the two are not considered part of the Divi. Because that's not coming mitzad kehuna. That's coming mitzad, a payment for closing the doors. That's their, that's their payment. Right, subtract one from half of ten. And they will take four. Comes again and says, The whole Braita is Rabbi. Let's go back. Remember we had the Braita yesterday. And in the Braita, 
we wanted to say that the Resha is Rabbanan and the Sefa is Rabbi. Meaning the Resha of the Brayta that said, by the Lechem of Panim, four or five, and by the Lechem of Shavuot, half, we said that's going like Hakamim. Four or five, we just explained what the Shita of the Hakamim is. And by the Lechem of Panim, we said you give them half, because not Kavot, not Derechir, it's to break it in less than a full loaf. And the last part of the Brayta that said you give them always five, we said that is the Shita of Rabbi. So the Brayta had two opinions, Resha Rabbanan, Sefar Rabbi. Now Rabbi has a different answer. Yeah. Rabbi Amar Kula Rabbihi. The whole Brayta is Rabbi. Vesavar like Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi holds indeed like Rabbi Yehuda. And therefore, the loaves that are split up are ten loaves. Right? Because you don't count the two that you're giving for the Mishmada in the Knast to close the doors. So therefore it's ten. So technically half of ten would be five. The only question is, the Gemara says, The Braita said it's four or five. If you tell me it's Rabbi, and the Rabbi is going to be so it's five. Why would the Braita give an option? Four. They should always get five. Gemara says, Lakashya. No question. Hadika mishmar amitakev. Hadika mishmar amitakev. It depends if you have an extra mishmar that stayed over for Shabbat. Like we're going to learn now. In certain cases, a mishmar that was serving would choose to stay over the Shabbat and not leave. So you would have an extra mishmar in the Bet HaMikdash. Besides the mishmar that is serving... But the Mishmada Yotse would stay. And therefore, since you have an extra Mishmar, they would get two loaves. So since they would get uh, two loaves, the, you would end up having a split of eight. And therefore, half of eight would be four. Because you don't, you don't count that those two loaves that you're giving the Mishmar that was Mitakev, the Mishmar that stayed over. You just divide the Lechamapin that are being divvied up by Kohanim, Mitzad, the Mitzvah to give the Kohanim, the Lechamapanim. So the Gemara says, the Ika Mishmar Mitakev, if you have an extra Mishmar that stayed over, Mishmona Ba'el Miflag. So you have to divide from eight. Vishakil Arba. And therefore, they take four. The coin can look and take four. Ileka Mishmada Mitakev. Now, if there's no Mishmada that stayed over, so you just have uh, the Mishmada Yotse and the Mishmada Nichnas. Me'eser Ba'el Miflag. Vishakil Hamesh. Good. So the other giver asked the question. Ihache, my Rabbi Omele Olam Hamesh. If you remember at the end of the bright, at the end of the bright that says, Rabbi says it's always a split of five. What are you talking about? You just tell me that that's not always a split of five. It depends on the Mishmara Mitakev or not. How could the Brayta say, Le'olam Hamisha? So the Gemara ends off, Kasha. It's a Kasha. So the Ritma comes along and says, that whenever it says Kasha, there's an answer. What's the answer? The answer would be, Rabbi met Le'olam Hamish, meaning in a normal case, in the majority of cases, there's not a Mishmara Mitakev. In the majority of cases, the Mishmara Yotzeh leaves when they're supposed to on... Shabbat and the Mishmada Nichnas enters on time, and therefore Le'ola, meaning in the majority of cases, it's going to be a split of ten Le'amapanim, and therefore the Grand Gadol gets half of that, five. You're right, in certain circumstances, it can even get to four. So that's how the Ba'a answers Le'ola, meaning in the majority of cases. Now we have to analyze when would a Mishmar be Mitakif? 
Remember the Mishmar, stay over. Once their time is up, they should just go home. So let's read Rashi. Rashi, Ela Mai Arba, Hachamesh Bay the Mishkan, like Kashahadika, Mishmar Amit Akev. It's a long Rashi. Pe'amim, sometimes, she Yom Tov Hal, Beshini Beshabbat. Yom Tov falls out on a Monday. Beyesh Mishmar Magdim Uba Me'ayrib Shabbat. Now we know on Yom Tov, all the Mishmarot serve in the Beit HaMikdash. So on the Yom Tov of Monday, instead of waiting to come, let's say, on Sunday to the Beit HaMikdash, they would spend the weekend in the Beit HaMikdash, the uh, Mishmarot. So uh, the Mishmar would come already from Friday. Umit'akev ada regel. And they would wait till the regel. Shekol mishmarot ba'od beregel. So that's one case where you'd have an extra Mishmar in the Beit HaMikdash. That they came early for a Yom Tov that's going to be the following Monday. Or sometimes, Shemotza'ei Yom Tov Eireb Shabbat. Let's say the Yom Tov ends Thursday night. So the Mishmarot, they can leave Thursday night. And then maybe it's a little hectic to leave Thursday night back to wherever they go. So they decide to stay over the weekend in the Beit HaMikdash. And they'll end up going back to their homes on Sunday. But most of the Mishmarot go home on Friday in that case. There's some Mishmarot, they want to stay the weekend because maybe it's hard to travel. So they stay. And we learned in Masikat Sukkah. Shabbat Shabbat Let's say the Shabbat of the holiday, where the Mishmarot have no choice but to be there on Shabbat, because they have to be there for the Degalim. So, there all Mishmarot get a halik of the Lehamapanim. Since they all have rights to be there, so the Lehamapanim is divided equally amongst all of them. Let's say Yom Tov is close to Shabbat. Let's say Yom Tov is on a Friday, or Yom Tov is on a Sunday. So let's say they have no choice but to stay over for Shabbat. Let's say Yom Tov ends on um, Friday night. Right? Yom Tov ends the last day of Yom Tov is on Friday. So they, they have to stay for Shabbat. They have no choice. They can't travel on Friday night. Or let's say um, the Shabbat is uh, the holiday is over. So they have to be there for Shabbat because Shabbat is Yom Tov. So they had no choice but to be there. Shal Korhanim Magdimim Lavo. Oh, no, no, that's a different case. I mean, Sunday is Yom Tov. Sunday is Yom Tov. So they have no choice but to come to the Beit HaMikdash on Friday. Because they got to be there ready for Motzei Shabbat. They can't travel on Motzei Shabbat. It's too late. Yom Tov. So they got to be there on Friday. So the rule is when they have to be there, when there's no choice for them to be there, but that they get equal share of the Leham Parim. That would be, uh, uh, you know, they get their rights. Because they have no choice to be there. Which is, but if there's a day difference, meaning if the holiday ended on Thursday night, or let's say the holiday is beginning on Monday, where they have traveling days, but they decide themselves to come early to the Beit HaMikdash, or stay late, then already you're not getting equal share. Then already you could have left. So the deen is, We give them a standard two halot. Finished. 
You shouldn't have been here. You had rights to, you had the, enough ample time to leave. So therefore there's a hiluk when you get, they get two and when they get equal. When they had no choice to be there, you get equal. So therefore that's what uh, the Gemara is saying over here. The B is saying sometimes they get four, the Kohen Gadol. When did they get four? When there's a Mishmar and Mitakev. So now the Kohenim are only dividing what? Eight amongst themselves. Right? Four for the Yotze and four for the Nichnas. Two are given to the gatekeepers. So that doesn't count. And two more are given to the Mishmar and Mitakev. So if you only have eight. So from eight you divide it and you end up with four. Okay, so that's the calculation according to Rabbi. He's going to eat alone five. He could do that if he wants. Five hundred people. That's right. But it doesn't mean they're going to starve. Obviously, there's other food for them to eat. They just don't get lechem at parim. Kohen gadol. No, well, if you have a mandatory stay over, then all twenty-four are going to stay over. So obviously, each mishmar is going to get a drop of lechem at parim. However, if they had chances to go home, you could even have one mishmar that stayed over and 23 went home or 22 went home and you know, the one stayed comes the new Mishnah Masru lo zikinim now we discuss again what the Kohen Gadol did during the seven days of sequestering in the Lishkat Parhedrin so the Mishnah says Masru lo zikinim mizikne betin they take tamidi hachamim and they dispatch them to the Kohen Gadol. And they read in front of him from Parashat Haremot exactly the service of the day. What exactly he has to do in the Beit Regash that day. And they tell him, Ishi Kohen Gadol, my master the Kohen Gadol, Kera Ata Beficha. We want you to read it with your mouth, which means don't only listen to what's being said, we want you to verbally express it. Maybe you forgot the law. What you're supposed to do. Or maybe you never learned it in the first place. Now, the Mishnah continues. Erev Yom Kippurim Shaharit. Erev Yom Kippur now in Shaharit. Ma'amidim oto b'sha'ar mislach. They let him stand at the eastern gate of the Beit HaMikdash. Ma'amidim lefanav parim ve'erim ve'kevasim. So now they walk animals in front of them. The parim, the erim, the kibasim. So it becomes a custom with the avodah. They want him to get used to the animals so he'll know exactly how many of these he has to bring and where he brings it, which mizbayah, where the sprinkling is. So to get him, you know, accustomed, they just bring the animals in front of him. Remember, when you see this animal, that goes on that mizbayah. And you sprinkle it as such, just in order to get him to be aware of exactly Exactly which korbanot are brought when. So the Gemara Mishnah says, During the seven days of sequestering, whatever he wants to eat or drink, they give him. There is no special diet. But Yom Kippur already before dark, then already they were not 
allow him to eat excessively. Because excessive eating causes sleeping. And what's the problem with sleeping? We're worried that in his sleep he might become a Baal Keri. He might have a seminal discharge. And this was going to be pasul to serve in the Bet HaMikdash. So in order that he doesn't sleep on Leil Kippur, which is the Kohen Gadol stayed up the whole night on Leil Kippur like we're going to learn. So they didn't give him anything to eat heavy in order that he doesn't fall asleep. Comes to give him says, Bishlama I understand you want to tell me you have to teach the Kohen Gadol the laws of Yom Kippur because maybe he forgot. Okay, people forget. Is it possible to say maybe the Kohen Gadol never learned me, Mugmira, and Kiai Gadna? Would we ever appoint such a Kohen Gadol that doesn't know the service, that never learned that? And yet we learn in the Braith that Kohen Gadol Mehav. It says in the Pasuk, the Kohen that is Gadol Mehav, literally greater than his brothers. Shie Gadol Mehav. So they learn from it that the Kohen Gadol really has to be special. He has to be greater than all the other Kohanim. In which senses? Bekawah, in strength. Benoy, in physical beauty. Bechokmah, in wisdom. Beosher. And he has to be also wealthy. Others say, Let's say Kohen Gadol does not have wealth. Let's say he's a poor guy. How do we know How do we know that his brothers have to make him rich? Sometimes the Kohen becomes Gadol rich from his brothers. Make him great from his brothers. But the point is, according to the first opinion you see, he has to be Gadol. In Chokhmah. So how can you tell me that you have a Kohen Gadol in Shadol Ahmad? Amar Yosef, Lakasha. It depends what Bet HaMikdash. In the first Bet HaMikdash, where the Kohanim were tzaddikim, of course, they had uh, knowledge. However, we're talking about over here, in the Bayit Sheni, where the Kehunah Gedolah was corrupted, which means the people that were nominated to the Kehunah Gedolah were really not worthy of Kehunah. It was a bought position. So therefore, we have to say, because maybe they did not learn. Three kav of dinarim. Tarkaba is tre ve kav. Two plus one kav, meaning three calves of gold coins. Ayla le martabat baitos. A lady by the name of martabat baitos took a three kav of gold coins and she gave it le yanai malka. Tianai the king. In order that our husband, Yahushua ben Gamla, will be appointed as the Kohen Gadol. So you see what? In the times of Beit HaMikdash, it was a bought and paid position. And like you see in the case of Martabat Baitos, that she says, Almana Ashirahita. She was a widow. She was very wealthy. Vikitsha Yahushua ben Gamla. Yahushua ben Gamla got engaged to her. And she bought off the uh, the keuna from Yanaya Melech. This the Tosfot does point out that this Yanaya Melech that we're referring to over here is not the Yanai that killed Hachmei Yisrael. There's a different Yanai Masil Kedushin that we learned that he killed Hachmei. So this is a different Yanai. The only question is, it's Mashma that Yoshua Ben Gamla was really not worthy. However, the Mefarshim ask. Uh, 
based on uh, the Tosfot actually asked the Masikhah Batra Dafkaf Aleph that we see that Yeshua ben Gamla made a very important takanot for Klai Yisrael. One of the takanot of Yeshua ben Gamla was he was the one that started the schooling system, the education system that children go learn in school. And therefore it seems Yeshua ben Gamla was a tzaddik. So it's my, this Gamla sounds like what? He really wasn't worthy only because his wife more of the position. So make up your mind, was he a good guy or was he not? So the Mephashim uh, explained it, or the Ritba answers that at the time he was appointed, he wasn't Ra'ui. Later on, he eventually grew into the position and he became Ra'ui. Others want to say that there were two Yoshua ben Gamlas. Actually, one was to be Yehuda ben Gamla, and one was to be Yoshua ben Gamla. Yes, the Melech was the one that appointed the Kohen Gadol. Comes the Gemara and continues. So in the morning of Kippur, they would bring the animals in front of him. They know that he'd become Ragil with Avodah. Which animals do we say? So you had Parim. Elim and Kevasim. So the Gemara says, Tana Which means we have a bright that says they would also bring in front of him the goats. Because the Kohen on Kippur would bring a Sa'ir Lahatat. So they have to bring the goats in front of him as well. So the Gemara says, So how come the Tana of Amishnah did not say that they bring the goats in front of him? It says, Since the Sa'ir comes for the sins of the Jewish people. So the Kohen Gadol is going to get depressed when he sees that they have to bring a Korban to atone for the sins of Bnei Israel. When he's reminded of the sins of Bnei Israel, he's going to get depressed. So we don't want to depress the Kohen Gadol. So therefore we don't put in front of him the Sa'irim. What do you mean? A par also is brought for Hatat. And you bring the pot in front of him. So the Gemara says, Par kevan The pot is coming for kapara for himself, for the Kohen Gadol, and all the Kohanim. The Kohen Gadol knows if there's somebody in the Kohen Gadol, in the Kohen's family, or his brothers, the Kohanim, that has a sin, he knows about it. And he can cause him to make teshuva, which is, I'm not, we're not worried about the Kohen getting depressed when he sees the part. Because he says, oh, as one of the Kohanim must have made a sin. Usually the Kohen Gadol knows what's going on in the Kehuna. And therefore he can go to the guy and uh, make him make teshuva. However, but the Holy Israel, he doesn't know everybody's personal things, what's going on with them. Therefore when he sees the Sa'id come in front of him, he's going to remind him of the sins of Yisrael, and he's not going to be able to... Bring them back to the Shabbat because he's not going to know who did what and what they did. Therefore, he's going to get depressed. So therefore, they don't bring the Sa'id in front of him. But the par, they do. Amar Ravina. So Ravina said, Hainu the Amr Inch. This is what the people say. Iibar Ahtech Daila. If your nephew is a policeman, Have Hazebishuka Kame Lotahlif. Do not cross him in the marketplace. If your nephew is a policeman, don't appear next to him in the marketplace. Which means, that she explains that, exactly, the policeman knows his uncle's uh, monetary status. Mm-hmm. He knows, before he was a policeman, his uncle's very rich. 
So now what's going to happen? When he sees him in the marketplace, he knows his whole bank account. So what is he going to do? He's going to take a tax from him. So the Gebarah says, if your nephew's a, a, a policeman, stay away because he knows exactly what you're holding. <laughs> Same thing with the Kohanim. The Kohen Gadol, he knew exactly what's going on in his family. Therefore, we're not worried. If somebody made a sin, he can bring them around to Teshuvah. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Daila, Shoter HaMelech. Do not appear in front of him in the marketplace. Since he knew you from the beginning, he knows exactly how much money you have in Ma'asecha. And he'll find an excuse to excise money out of you. Comes the Gemaran says, The seven days that the Kohen Gadol was sequestered, they did not stop from him from eating. Any foods. So comes the Gemara and says, Tanya, the Biuda ben Nikusa Omer, Maachilin oto selatot ubetzim, that on Erev uh, Kippur they would specifically feed him selatot, which is like flour, fine flour, ubetzim and eggs. Why? Kedele masmeso, in order to Clean out his body. The masmis is to make his um, to loosen him. So he goes to the bathroom. I see these things make a person go to the bathroom. That she says, why do they want him to go to the bathroom? We don't want the Kohen Gadol have to go to the bathroom on Kippur itself. Could be because maybe you don't want the uh, keri to come out of him, or just because for cleanliness. So therefore, we give him foods that will clean him out on Eid of Kippur. That what are you talking about? All the more so, you're going to cause him to have Hazm Shalom Zera. Because the Gemara says that the eggs and the flour cause the body to get hot. And that causes Zera to uh, be produced. Tanya, we have a brighter. Some cause of Amishmani Bimir. En ma'achirim oto lo abi. You do not feed the Kohen Gadol on Erev Kippur Abi. So that shit, we'll see what that stands for in a second. Ve'amri la lo ababi. Ve'yeshomrim af lo yayin lavan. And some say even, you don't give him white wine. Lo abi, lo etrog, ve'lo betzim, lo yayin yashan. Abi is la shetevot. Etrog, betzim, and yayin yashan, old wine. Again, all these things cause the body to heat up. And therefore, would cause him to have a seminal discharge. So we just added basar shamen. That we fatty meat. And not even white wine. Because white wine can bring a person to tumah. Now the Gemara is going to discuss another fellow that we're careful, uh, we analyze what he ate. That's the Zav. A Zav is somebody that has a discharge from his body. Now, a man that has a discharge from his body, if it's only one discharge in one day, we treat him like a Baal Kedi, he goes to the Megver, and then he is uh, permissible the next day. Shemesh, and then he is permissible. However, if he has this discharge from his body twice, so then already we treat him as a Zav. Now he needs seven days of Tara, and if he had it three times, he needs seven days of Tara with a Korban. 
So therefore, we're going to discuss now different situations that make a person a Zav. The basic principle of the Gemara is a Zav only becomes a Zav if it just happens for no other reason. But let's say we can, um, we can say that it could be it came for something that he ate. Which is, let's say he ate certain things that can cause Zavut, he doesn't have to mad Zav. So therefore, whenever we're checking a Zav, if he's a real Zav, we really have to see, did he eat anything? That would be considered Le'onso. Which means uh, it, it happened because he brought it on to himself. However, it has to come uh, naturally. Mm-hmm. Let's read the Gemara inside now. Tanu Banan. Zav. Parizah becomes a Zav. Tolin lo b'ma'achal. First of all, we analyze if he ate excessively. Excessive eating can bring zavut. So you can hinge the zavut on the excessive eating, and therefore he's not tameh. Vechol mine ma'achal. And furthermore, on different types of food. So the first law is excessive, and the second is types of food that cause tum'ah. Now, a Zab that's now counting seven clean days. So we don't want him to have any emission during the seven days. It's got to be clean days. So during the seven day counting of a Zab, we don't feed him not Hagbi and not Gabam. And for that matter, not anything that will bring him to... Tum'ah. Lo hagbi. What does hagbi stand for? Lo halaf, velo givina, velo betza, velo yayin. That would be what? Milk, cheese, eggs, and wine. Velo gabam, megidisin. Megidisin would be. Bean water. I guess water that they soaked beans in them. Shilful, or let's say the full bean as well. Ubasar shamin that we fatty meats. Umarias. Marias will be the fat of the fish. And for that matter, not anything that can bring him to tum'ah. What is that coming to include? To include that which we learned in the Braita. Hamisha Five things cause a person to tum'ah. And these are them. Hashum, that's the garlic. Hashichlaim, that's cress. The haloglogot. That she calls that fulifur. The abetzim is eggs. The hagergir. They call that, as she calls it aruga. The English calls that rocket. All those items cause tum'ah. So you would not feed that to a zav during his seven days. The Basuk says, One person went, this is a Pasuk in Malachim. Somebody went into the fields and he collected orot. So the Gemara says, Tana Zegargir. Orot is another word for gergir, which is rocket. Amar Yohanan, lama nikla sheman orot? Why would it be called orot? Shemeirot ta'inayim. Because whoever eats it, it gives him good vision. Amar Avuna. Avuna says, Hamotse gergir. A person finds rocket. Im yachol le'okhlo, okhlo. 
if he can eat it, very healthy. He should eat it. It's good for his eyes. If not, at least let him just smear it over his eyes and it'll be medicinal at least for his eyes. So I guess sometimes it's not uh, edible. So if you can't eat it, just put it over your eyes. It's just it's also beneficial. This is specifically talking about rocket that grows on the border. Why is that? Since it grows on the border alone, there's no uh, uh, vegetation next to it, it's strong. When you have rocket that grows next to other vegetation, the other vegetation takes away from the power of it. Because it's also unique, it's also drawing from the, the nutrients of the ground. So the rocket that we're talking about is that grows isolation. It's on its own by the border that has its strength. Now, let's go back to the Amud Rishon for a second to read the Rashi. The second wide line. Zav tolino b'ma'achal. A zav is not tameh if we can ascertain that he ate something that caused the zavut to come. Imachal ma'achal arbe. He ate excessively. Mikol minchu. From anything. Excessive eating brings zavut. Tolin no marsh mahmat rov ma'achal ra'av ero zav le tumat shiva'a. He doesn't become a tumat zav for seven days, nor does he have to bring a korban if he saw three times. Huh? He is. He has a deed of a Baal Kedi. He's not a Zab, but he has a deed of a Baal Kedi. Because when it comes to Baal Kedi, we don't care why the Baal Kedi came. Even if it came for external reasons, a Zab that saw once has a deed of a Baal Kedi. And she's going to say that. Because the Pasuk says, besaro. The Pasuk says it has to come from his flesh, Velo Mahmat Onso. But not because he did something to bring it on. Avad Baal Kedi Tameh Be'ones. But about Kedi's Tameh under all circumstances. The end Kedi Vezov Ba'imim Makom Echad. Rashi says that Baal Kedi and Zov come from different places in the body. The end Marehem Shaveh. And they don't even look the same. Shazov Domer Lemeh Batsek Shoseorin. The emission of the Zov looks like um, water that was, uh, you soaked in it, let's say, the dough of barley. The end of Kashur. And its consistency is like the white of an uh, of an egg. Sheena muzeret. I think that is not is not um, thick. Not, not thickness. Or it's, it's not it's not completed the egg. Veshikvazera kashur kelobin betza sheena muzeret. Meaning a regular white of an egg. One is muzeret, I think, is, is, is a different type of egg. I mean, the, the album of different eggs. One looks like a an egg of a muzeret. That's the zav. And the shibazera and a muzeret. The Gemaran continues on the Amud Bet. Amar Rav Gidal. Rav Gidal said, Amar Rav in the name of Rav. Achsanai lo yochal betzim. A visitor, a guest that's staying by somebody's uh, house, let's say, he should not eat eggs. Why not? Now she says on the third line, The eggs are going to cause him to have a seminal discharge. When they come to make the bed the next morning, they're going to see keri on the sheets. It's going to be uh, uh, embarrassing. It's going to be, not going to be nice. So therefore, a guest in somebody else's house should be careful not to eat things that lead, let's say, to keri, for example, eggs. And furthermore, he should not sleep 
in the sheet that the Balabite is going to wear during the day. Mm-hmm. It seems the Balabite would have like a certain sheet that he would cover himself, cover himself with during the day when he would go out. The, the guest should not sleep on that sheet. Why? That she says, Because again, if let's say the guest has a seminal discharge at night, mm. now when the Malabai is going to wrap himself around, he's going to see the Kedi, it's not going to be nice. That's the Shita of Rashi. However, there are other Shitot over here. Other Shitot are like this. Abinu Hanan El says, What's the concern that the Malabai is going to see Kedi on the guy's bed? Or let's say, uh, that's why you tell him don't eat eggs. So the Ben Hanadil says, She'ahashashu shima kashire balabayit akiri, yashidu shibaal ishto. They're worried the balabayit's going to think that maybe he had relations with his wife. So it's going to be a serious, uh, a serious offense. The Sfat Emet says, She'akipedai mishum gufahayat bimashyavodi dekiri. Which means, the issue over here, contra Sfatimit, is we don't want the guest to eat anything that can cause him to become a Baal because it's a Havon. So the question is, so why are you only worried about guests? You should be worried about everybody. At home he has his wife. So we're not worried that'll come early decade if he's eating eggs. However, when a guy's on the road and he's away from his wife, there they're telling him, don't eat eggs so you don't come to there. The Rashash has a question over here. The Rashash says, if the whole Hashash is because to Kedi, why only eggs? We said in the Gemara above, <coughs> there's a lot of foods that cause to Kedi. Exactly. So he wants to say a big Hadush over here. He wants to say that Dafka eggs... And Dafka, they were saying raw eggs. Because we just learned that the album of the egg looks like Kiri. So we're worried that maybe when he's going to eat a raw egg, the album is going to get on the sheets. And now they're going to suspect him for having a seminal discharge. So therefore, that's the concern of eating eggs. Because it's going to look like that the, uh, the, uh, the album of the egg is Shekvat Sera. And that's going to be a Genai. Comes the Gemara and continues. <coughs> Rav Kimikla Led Darshish. When Rav used to go to the city of Darshish, Makriz used to announce, Man Avya Leyoma, who wants to marry me for one day? Which means when Rav would go away on a trip to Darshish, he was away from his wife. So he didn't want to be from his wife, uh, from, uh, from, he didn't want to come to Dechit, even for one night. So he would make an announcement, who wants to marry me for one day? At least he'll have a wife with him. So therefore he won't come. That she says, That's where he used to go. Which means I need, a, I need a wife for a day. When Nachman got to the city of Sheikh Nitziv, he would announce, Again, who wants to marry me for one day? Gemara says, hold it. Ve'atanya, Rabbi Li'azmi Yaakov Omer, Lo yisa adam isha b'medina zu, V'yilak v'yisa isha, V'yilak v'yisa isha b'medina ha'iret. Sheme yizdavegu ze etzel ze, V'nimsa ach nose achoto, U'memale kol ha'olam kolo memzerut. V'azen emar u'malea are zimah. 
The halakha is not to do this. A man cannot go to one city and get married, and then go to another city and get married, and in every city he has wives. Why? Because we're worried now they're gonna have, she's going to have children from these wives, and one day a son from one of the wives is going to meet up with a daughter from another of the wives. They're not going to know that they're actually half-brothers and sisters, and they're going to end up getting married. And that's going to be a brother marrying a sister brings Mamzerim into the world. And therefore you're going to fill the world with zima, with uh, illegal people. So how can these rabbis come along every time they went to a different city? Who wants to marry for, marry for the day? You can't do that. Which means you're not going to know where the children are. The children are not going to realize that the, the, the father had a lot of wives in different cities. And they might come to marry each other. And brother marrying a sister would bring Mamzerut. So how do these rabbis do this? When the rabbis get married, it's public knowledge. There's a voice that goes out. Everybody knows the rabbis is like a. a it's it's uh, the the public knows what the rabbis are doing, and therefore, if the rabbi gets married to such a lady, everybody knows this is the rabbi's wife. The children belong from this wife. It's it's it's. There's no sheila uh, on the uh, the rabbis. It's more of a public thing. Vishmam karui adbenehim. So she says that if they had children, everybody knows this is the children of Rabbi so-and-so. So a brother will not come to marry a sister. So the Gemara has a, 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 a technical problem over here. So the rabbis would go to the city. They wanted to be married, you know, at least for the night, so they don't have a problem. The only problem is, Halakha says that when a person proposes to a lady that he wants to marry her, immediately she must wait seven days and then go to the mikveh. Because at the proposal, we have to assume that she got so excited that she became a nida. That some blood comes from the uterus and causes a nida. And therefore, after every proposal, you have to wait seven days. So what's going to help them? Who wants to marry me tonight? What do you mean? What's the difference? You're not going to be able to be with them. So it's not going to protect them from sin. Because at the proposal, is automatically a seven-day waiting period. Because again, from the excitement of the proposal, we assume that they have what's called Dam Himud. The blood of excitement. So the Gemara says, Right? If a person proposed to a lady to get married, then it's Payisa, and she agreed. She has to sit seven days. So it's not going to help them to, to pair a wife for the night. Kemara says, Rabbanad, Udu Avu Mudailihu, Mikodim, which is the rabbis would uh, give a seven day notice from before, before they got to the city. They would send their messengers seven days before to propose for them, for the girl. So the girl already would go seven days, she'd go to the mikveh. So when the rabbi would show up, already she'd be mutar, to be a wife and to be with them. And therefore it would save them from hayat. It should be pointed out that that's where we get the custom today. Before a uh, lady gets married today, she has to count seven days, and she has to go to the uh, mikveh, which is even if she didn't... Today, of course, the ladies go to mikveh because, I, I, I should point out, it's really not our custom, because today the ladies go to mikveh because they don't go to mikveh when they were single. So therefore they have to go to the mikveh before they get married, because that's the first time they're going to the mikveh. But in the olden days, where they would go to the mikveh even when they were single, just at the proposal, 
you would have to count seven days, even if they weren't nida. Right. They would have to count seven days from the proposal. So a person on the day that he proposed could not get married. He would have to wait seven days for her to go to the Megveh, and then she would come to Mesut. That's the Tapto Safot points out. In any event, comes the Gemara and says, Maybe we have another answer. Uh, they didn't get married to them. They just isolated them and made Yehud with them. Which means they said, <coughs> Nada wants to marry us. Meaning, they would just stay with them alone in the room without Kiddushim, without Nisuin. Because you can't compare a person that has literally his bread in his basket, basket to somebody that does not have the bread in the basket. Now what does this mean? Look at Rashi. They wouldn't be with them. Which means they would just get married to them. They would marry them. And they would just stay together with them. Because now that once they marry, they can stay together. But they wouldn't do the act. Oh, so what does that help? The guy knows he has a wife. Just the, the fact that he knows he has a wife, that'll really protect him from sin. So therefore, she's saying, really, at the proposal, they became Tamir. I don't care if they became Tamir. The, the intention was not to be with them. The intention was just to, to have the bread in the basket. I got a wife. You have a wife already, you're protected. Comes the Tosafot over here. Tosafot cannot understand this. Tosafot says, Perush Rashi, Layu ba'in alein ela mitahadim imahim betulo, vekshari imken, kebanda asurin da bo'alein, my pat besalo ika. What kind of bread in the basket? If he can't go with her, where's the, how's that going to protect him from his sin? Which means Tosafot cannot accept, what does this mean? Just the fact that he has a wife that protects him from sin? Where's the protection? Why can't they come? Because she's Tamir for seven days. Oh, okay. At the proposal, she becomes Tamir. Point to that answer. Right? right? Yes. So it comes to Tosafot. She said, eh, don't worry, bread in the basket. He has a wife. Wait, wait, wait. He can't do anything with his wife. So Tosafot says, You have to say, since she's destined to become permissible, after seven, in his mind, I'm good. His bread is the basket. So it's like a psychological item over here that he knows he, in seven days it's, uh, it's okay. Tosafot then has another problem over here, but how is he allowed to stay alone with a wife that's forbidden? Now, the says, if let's say a person makes Kiddushin and she becomes a Nida, the Gemara clearly says, before they had relations, he has to sleep with the men and she sleeps with the ladies, meaning they're not allowed to be together. They cannot even be alone because they never consummated the marriage with a bi'ah and she got it became an idah before him so the same thing over here how can you even have yehud over here yehud is not an option because bottom line she has a dam of it's a chupat nidah exactly so the Tosafot wants to give a chiluk according to the she and says like this when do we say that you're not allowed to make yehud with a lady that became an idah after you made kiddushin that's only if he's a Bahur. He was never married. But if he has another wife, then you're allowed to be even with this uh, lady over there became an Ida. So we're talking about rabbis that were married. They just did this as an extra to save themselves from the when they were traveling. So therefore, we can say that since they were married, they were even allowed to make Yehud with the... Uh, with their new wives, even though technically they were Nida. Comes the Gemara continues. We go to the next Mishnah. Masru zikne bedin zikne kehuna. 
Okay, we continue the process of the seven days of sequestering. The Zikneh Bedin, uh, those are the rabbis that were teaching them the laws, they give the Kohen over to Zikneh Keunah, to the elders of the Keunah. Now the purpose over here was, as she says, Lelamedo hafinat ketoret. One of the hardest jobs that the Kohen Gadol had to do on Kippur was taking the handful of ketoret, which means it was a whole process that we're going to learn. They would take a mahtab, they would take a shovel. And the shovel had in it the uh, ketoret. And from the shovel, he had to actually, in one shot, hold the shovel and uh, tilt the shovel in a certain way that all of the ketoret goes in his palms. And the Gemara says it was a very difficult procedure as he's holding the shovel, trying to tilt it, that all the ketoret goes into his hands, so he'd have to practice it. So therefore the ziknek kuna would go and teach the kohen gadol how to make this meluch uh, of ketoret. As she says, it, indeed, it, it was indeed avodah kasha. So again, masruah ziknek b'tid ziknek The hakamim would give the kohen gadol over to the ziknek kuna. Ve'iluhu lebet aptinas. And they would bring him to the Bet Abtinas. That's where they made the Ketoret. When we learned about Sikhet Shekalim, the Abtinas family was in charge of making the Ketoret. So they would bring him to the, to the chamber of Bet Abtinas over there where they were grinding the Ketoret. Because of course the Ketoret was one of the important Avodot that were done on Kippur. And they would make him swear. That she says, what were they making him swear? That he would not do the Avodot like a Tzidduki. It seems that Tzidukin, they would prepare the Ketoret outside and then bring it inside. It seems that was wrong. So they make him swear. Listen, swear to us you're going to be traditional. That you're not going to do it like a Tzidukin. And then uh, after they make him swear that he's going to do it the right way, they leave him. The And they tell him, We are the messengers of Bedin. And you are representing us. And you are our Shaliyah uh, and the Shaliyah of Beddin. We are making you swear. We're putting a shivua on you. With the God that has rested his presence in this house. That you will not deviate from one word that we taught you. Which means they make sure the Kohen Gadol is going to be loyal to the Avodah. So they make a Shibu'a on him, the name of God, that he's not going to deviate. So the Gemara says, He walks away crying and they walk away crying. The Gemara explains that he walks away crying because they suspected him. And... They walk away crying because they suspected him. And the Gemara is going to teach us, that somebody suspects an honest person, he gets punished. So they say, we have no choice. We have to make him swear that he doesn't deviate. But they would walk away crying. Maybe we suspected somebody that was innocent. And the Quran cries because they they suspected him even though he was innocent. Now, if the Quran was a Hakam, Doresh. So the whole night, so he doesn't, they don't want him to fall asleep on Yom and Leil Kippur, because he'll become a Baalkeri. So they keep him up. How do they keep him up? They let, let him give a derasha. So if he's, if he's able to doresh himself, he gives the derasha. The imlav, 
תלמידי חכמים דורשים לפניו. So they bring rabbis to the Beit HaMikdash on Leil Kippur to give him the derashot. ואם רגיל לקרוא, קורא. Again, if he knows how to read Chumash, he reads. ואם לאו, קוראים לפניו. ובמה קוראים לפניו? What parts of the Tanakh do they read in front of the Kohen Gadot? So they got to read interesting stuff so he doesn't fall asleep. So it's ב'איוב וב'עזרה וב'דורי הימים. What do these things have in common? That she says, שאין דברים ממשיכים את הלב לשומעם, ואין שלחות אף איוב is an interesting story. And you have, אזד רעים also, these are things that draw the heart. So he reads, זכריה בן כבוטל אומר, פעמים הרבה קניתי לפניו בדניאל. He says, many times I read in front of the Kohen Gadol on Kippur, I read from the book of Daniel. Now, the Maharsha says over here, that even though in the book of Iyov, there's a lot of things that are mitzahir, it's a depressing story, that's why we're allowed to read the book of Iyov, for example, on Tisha B'Av, however, they allowed him to read Iyov on Kippur, because bottom line, it will cause him to make Teshubah. When he hears the whole episode of Ayyov got punished and all that, so it's a pertinent book for Yom Kippur. Like the Gemara says in Gemara Berachot Yud Zayin, when Rabbi used to finish the book of Ayyov, he used to say, Sof Adam Lamut. Ashrei Adam Shegadad Baturah V'Amalot Baturah V'Shedach Duar Liyosro. So he sees the book of Ayyov used to inspire people to make Teshubah. They also would read the book of Ayyov, Ezra and Devrei Yamim. Rashi explained because these things draw the heart and therefore you will not uh, sleep. So the uh, Rashash explains that there are certain things that cause a person to remain awake. One thing is things that are analytically and deep. Why? Because you have to pay attention in order to try to figure out what the Pesukim uh, mean. And therefore, these items over here, for example, the book of Eov, a lot of those pesukim, after the first couple of chapters, are hard pesukim to understand. So therefore, the Quran has to pay attention in order to try to understand the depth of what these pesukim are talking about. Other things that keep a person awake, the Tiferet Yisrael says, is things that are like uh, uh, dramatic and emotional. And the third thing is stories. Uh, so therefore, these three things, Iyob is an analytical book. That will keep him up from the Ayun. Sefer Azra is just a very dramatic book about the times that they went in Galut Badeh and they built the second Beit HaMikdash, um, where, uh, where they read the story. And the Vrayim even stories of the wars. So therefore, these three books have in them either analytical, the drama, or the uh, stories, and that will keep the Kohen awake. Now, why do I want to keep him awake? And all that is a full and simple become a Baal Kedi and Hajj Jamishi become Tameh. Baruch Adonai Amen and Amen.